Hello, I'm Chris Coe. Welcome to Newton & Co, an I Feel Like podcast series where we put questions to photographers about their life in photography. First, I'd like to introduce you to my partner in crime, fellow professional photographer, David Newton. Hi, everyone. Hi, Chris. Uh, as Chris says, I am David Newton. I am a professional photographer, and we are going to be talking to other professional photographers that we know. Uh, we're going to try and get a little bit inside their mind, find out what makes them tick, uh, where they came from in photography, and, and, and where maybe they're hoping to go. Um, it's not all going to always be travel photographers. We've got a whole range of people coming up. Uh, so without further ado, our first guest we're very honoured to have uh, is Philip Lee Harvey. Now, Philip, if you've uh, followed Travel Photographer of the Year, we'll know that Philip is a previous winner, overall winner of Travel Photographer of the Year, and he describes himself as a travel and location photographer and filmmaker, taken straight from his Instagram bio, that is. And he, both Chris and I know Philip, have, have known him for a little while, and, and I think uh, we both agree that his work is stunning and unique. And that's something that we're hoping to explore a little bit with. So welcome, Philip. Um, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Now, as I say, we both we both know Philip a little bit, but we're trying to make sure that we, we get the real questions to you. So I'm going to start leading this one. Um, and there are some things that actually, as much as I know you, I don't know. I, I don't know. Where did you get your start in photography? What kind of sparked your interest in photography? Well, I suppose it began at a very young age. I was probably about 11 or 12. Um, I'd grown up in an artistic and creative background. My father at the time was an art director in advertising. And uh, so he was away a lot on photographic shoots. So even as a child, I was very much aware of what photography meant. Uh, I'd be looking at transparencies on a light box with him. So I was very aware of what, of what professional photography was. Um, and then actually my kind of start came when I was... 12 years old and uh, I was unwell. Uh, I had tuberculosis and that meant that I couldn't go on a climbing and canoeing holiday that I was due to go on in the Hebrides. And I'd already started to show some interest in photography. And so my father, as a kind of consolation prize, bought me uh, a camera. And that's kind of how it began. Uh, of course, he'd been an art director. My first camera was a Nikon uh, EM. So that was a really good start. And it also meant that I could share his lenses which I eventually took over, and he felt like he had to beg and borrow from me. Uh, so, yes, at a very young age, and uh, that's how I first got into the idea of photography, and immediately it was completely natural to me that I loved the cameras, I loved the excuses that photography gave me, and having a camera did. I could go and explore and meet people, and it gave me a confidence that I don't think that I had before. Very interesting. And then... So you started at a young age, and then how did it progress after you you stolen okay, your father's so, lenses? Yes, Where did you I'd, go from there? I'd taken over his his camera uh, cupboard. I at the time I didn't know if I wanted to be a photographer. I knew I wanted to be in the creative world. Um, I was very interested in art, painting, sculpture, graphic design, and so I ended up um, after school doing a what they call it a pre foundation course, which gets you ready for an art foundation course. Uh, I did that, um, and then I ended up going to Norwich School of Art to do a degree in graphic design. And that was a very conscious decision then. Um, in those days, there wasn't, wasn't that many photographic courses around. And I also thought that I was already obsessed by photography, and I was interested in graphics, and I always felt that it would be more useful for me to have a graphics background because I was uh, very keen on it. 
And then if I could make that decision later, which I did at the end of my first year in graphic design, I realized that I wanted to specialize in photography. So my degree is graphic design specialization uh, within photography. So that's kind of uh, my sort of educational part of it. Then after that, I, I left art school and came to London uh, full of the, you know, an idea that I was going to take over the world and then stop. And uh, I had to go right back to the beginning and uh, assisted. Uh, I was very fortunate. I assisted some very good photographers, uh, but I only was an assistant for about two and a half years. Uh, I was incredibly ambitious uh, and wanted to, to get out there and take pictures uh, myself. But those two and a half years were a tremendous learning curve for me. Um, I worked almost every day uh, in that period and uh, quite in quite intense, uh, quite stressful shoots on big location advertising projects. And that gave me a good idea of, of how it should be done and it set the bar high as far as the standard goes. Interesting. So how did you kind of go from that? Uh, how did you kind of go from that into... The, the world of travel or was was it you know did they just kind of naturally organically merge or did you think I want to do a lot more travel let's kind of push into that direction well I suppose when I was uh, thinking about stopping being an assistant um, the people that I'd worked for uh, were location photographers one primarily cars and one in advertising and I really loved the, what they were doing and I'd also grown up with a, a massive interest in the history of exploration uh, I was a fanatical reader of National Geographic and reading about Scott and Shackleton and those sort of people really inspired me and grew, grew up in the countryside and, and a small farm and uh, was just desperate to go and see the world. Uh, I was very fortunate that when in my last assisting job, it was the launch issue uh, of a new car magazine called Top Gear and the art director at the time saw that uh, I was doing quite a lot of the shoot and setting it up for the photographer and he gave me the opportunity to go and start taking pictures of cars. Um, and although I didn't particularly have interest in cars, what, what cars gave me was a drive story. And it got my interest in travel really uh, ignited. Um, and from there, I thought, I want these adventures. I want to continue uh, pursuing this um, and trying to make it at the standard that I would, I'd seen in the advertising work that I, I'd assisted on which is very difficult when you're doing editorial. It's very fast moving. You've got sometimes only a few minutes to get a picture. Uh, so it was a good learning curve to work fast. And I think I was with Top Gear as a freelancer for about five years, uh, hundreds and hundreds of shoots all, all over the world. And it was, it was really a good time. Top Gear, uh, the magazine then, really much, uh, they kind of could do whatever they wanted. They weren't really controlled much. Uh, and we did some really weird, crazy travel shoots. Um, you know, like taking a, an old Morgan to Romania to photograph the eclipse or finding a Velisex moped in France and riding it back. And I used to get a lot of those quite interesting stories. Um, and although I did do Formula One and other kind of motorsports, most of the things I were getting were sort of feature-led. Um, so I did that for, for five years or so. But towards the end of that time, I was very keen to pursue other aspects of photography. Um, I had an agent and wanted to, to do more advertising work. And then I started to bring together my first interest, which was painting and art, and bring that more into my photography. Up until that point, I think I'd considered uh, painting and art as one subject and photography as a, maybe a technical-led subject on the other side. And I wanted to find a way to merge all those interests together. So I started, before I went on a shoot, I'd started to draw what I wanted 
uh, to, to create uh, as a photograph. And that was the only way I kind of knew how. I, 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 sketchbooks had always been really important to me. And I knew that uh, I could find a new way of taking pictures, which would be uh, more suitable to all the things that interested me, uh, mainly painting, colour theory, you know, the history. And, and travel became part of that. Um, yeah, so it kind of emerged together. I kind of pushed it in that direction, although like any photographer, when you start, you, you, I shot all kinds of things. I only ever showed the travel work. So uh, people started thinking uh, that that's what I, I could do. Was um, Top Gear your introduction into advertising photography or was the agent more important in that respect? I think certainly the agent. I'd worked for advertising photographers and I was very young. I was, I was 24 when I went out on my own as a photographer and I got an agent almost immediately. Um, and that was through the back of uh, doing an, an ad for Kodak. In, in those days, I was very experimental with cross-processing film and shooting out of focus and, and trying to do anything I could to, to make it more painterly, uh, I think, in a way. And that got picked up by uh, um, some awards and then the agent came and, and then advertising started to come from then. And, and since then, um, it's, it's a bit of both. I do advertising, editorial, do all kinds of things. But I, it's quite interesting for me to shoot ads because I, I like the discipline of it. Um, and, it, and it, of course, gives me the funds to, to explore more as well. You said that um, sometimes, particularly with editorial, you're working quite quickly. Um, do you uh, do you pre-visualize much, or is it much more spontaneous, or does it kind of uh, does it kind of depend on on the shoot? I think it very much depends on on the shoot. Before I go anywhere, I certainly in my mind I've got a mood that I want to create, and I'll, I'll make up mood boards which often don't show any photography. Uh, it will be clips from films or it'll be a color palette or paintings that I've liked from the place I want to go to. Um, and I have that in mind um, rather than the actual picture. Sometimes pictures are just found and you work spont spontaneously and you work very quickly. Other times I will uh, set up a scene, um, spend a long time getting that right, getting the lighting right, getting the styling right. And then I like to walk away for a couple of minutes come back and shoot it like I've just discovered it. And to me, that's, uh, I, you know, I shoot a lot handheld. Um, even when I shot medium format all the time, I, I was very keen to shoot handheld. And if I get stuck on a picture and I can't find it, especially if we're doing a big advertising shoot, then I'll just take the camera off the tripod and just start again, uh, close my eyes, open and walk into the scene and go, now what excites me about this? What is telling the story? Where is the narrative here? Interesting. And, and actually, that's kind of leads on a narrative. I, I see in a lot of your pictures, you said it's editorial, but you do tell stories through your pictures and you put together photo stories. So do you discover a story on location? Do you do much research before you get there to try and work out what that story might be? How does that process come about? Again, it varies per, per shoot, but on an editorial shoot, sometimes the uh, writer has been uh, before me, and so I get to see what they've written uh, first, and that's quite interesting. Uh, I can then highlight things that, that they saw and, um, and try and find a way to illustrate that. Other times I'm with a journalist, and yes, we do quite a lot of research. Mainly mine is, uh, as I say, a visual research on the colour palette and the mood that I want to create uh, and the story I want to tell. Um, and then when I get there, it's, things spontaneously happen, of course. Uh, and a, a lot of photography is about decision-making. 
Uh, do you turn left? Do you turn right? How long do I wait here? I've got a feeling that this weather's going to do something interesting, or this is a waste of time. We need to move on, or we should come back here in the evening. And it's those decisions that kind of uh, help you tell the story because a story is great, but if you're not bringing in the other ingredients, uh, as in color and and light, then you, you're you don't have it all. Um, you can enhance the narrative by your use of, of light and composition. Um, sometimes I, I will go there with a particular uh, thing in mind. I remember the one that's uh, on, on the website now uh, was about Casablanca. And all I knew about Casablanca was a film that wasn't made there and the fact that it was really important in Art Deco times in the 1920s and 30s. So I started doing my research on Art Deco and on posters, uh, advertising prints from that period. And I tried to use that uh, as my inspiration. Um, and then of course you react to what's there as well. Sure. So again, that kind of leads into um, the, the stylization of your images. Your, your images always do have this unified color theory through each story. Um, they are very stylized. You, you work in quite a lot of high key or, or you work in high key um, with quite, I'm going to say simple, but single color palettes maybe simple sounds like it's it's simple when it's absolutely not but how much of that is created in camera how much of that is created in post-production how much of that is created in your head before you start a good question i think 95 <clears throat> percent of what i do is in camera i like to get excited as i'm taking the picture not when i get back onto a computer so in, you know, when I'm looking at what I'm taking, yes, it, it, it's very, very close. Bar the sensor, maybe reading color temperature differently because uh, of the time of day and that kind of thing. But I try to do it in one. Um, and I, yes, my work is stylized in the fact that I keep taking elements away um, in order to make the story and the narrative as simple as possible. A lot of that comes just because of the, the kind of images that I like. Um, and it comes from my interest in, in graphic design and painting. Um, I recently sort of been re-looking at old travel posters from the sort of 1910, 1920s. And they wouldn't, they were always painted or, or worked by graphic design, or screen prints and things. And I realized how much of that kind of style had influenced my work over the years. Uh, lighting wise, I think, yes, a lot of it comes from painting. Uh, a lot of it comes from the romantic movement or the orientalists. Um, and they're just things that I like, things that, that, that make, uh, that, that visually please me. Um, and so I do know in advance some of the color palettes. I will sometimes restrict myself. Sometimes it happens on location. You have this first day or a couple of days and you think, okay, that color really sets this place apart. Um, but if you're going to a location or several locations and you need to distinguish between one and the other, I will do that with color. Um, I will go to one place and say, okay, this is all going to be blues and cyans and another one, it's all going to be very warm colors. And sometimes I'll play color theory off against the other. So you know, like painters, like people like Constable would have done is if you want the greens to look really saturated, put one little bit of red in there and that will opposite colors on the spectrum will make them stand out. I also know that cool colors can go back uh, visually uh, and warm colors can come forward and you can use color and uh, stylized composition to your advantage. And that's kind of what I try to do to get the message across. But at the bottom, bottom of the day, I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to the things that I like. 
Uh, you've, you've been entering the Travel Photographer of the Year Awards for a number of years, so I've been uh, able to see the, your development as a photographer through the entries you put in. Is there one piece of advice, photographic advice, you'd give yourself, your younger you, um, now having had the experiences you've had? Good question, Chris. Um, I would say walk, don't run. <laughs> I think it's the... the uh, I wanted in my very early years to go to as many places around the world as possible. Uh, I wanted to go to the coldest places, the wettest, the hottest, the driest. Uh, and sometimes that was more important than the photography. And I think I wanted to challenge myself physically as well as visually. And I think maybe if I was given advice, it would be just slow it down, experiment, uh, and enjoy that process. Uh, but, you know, I, I was and still am probably, you know, very ambitious uh, because I love what I do. And I, when you're passionate about something, you're very driven as well. Um, I remember once uh, uh, being on safari uh, with my wife and she just turned around and said to me, can't you just look? Uh, and actually, no, I can't. With, without a camera, I don't really <laughs> see anything. I think Chris and I can probably both relate to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, goodness. It's, uh, it's actually one of the, uh, I think it's one of the lessons for a happy life if you're a photographer is to find someone that's willing to let you have a camera in your hand all the time. Um, the number of people I know that have, have had rocky relationships because they, they're too busy with a camera uh, and not just watching. Yes, we always make it very important in our household when we go on holiday, we never go anywhere too interesting or too beautiful. <laughs> um, has that, I mean, that actually leads me into my next question. Does that not get easier the more countries you've been to? Because you've already been there, so it's, it's a bit old hat now. No, not actually. I mean, the countries change all the time. Um, and I've been doing it long enough now to see places either you know, really find themselves or rediscover themselves and others that have just sort of fallen apart um and so it is interesting the first time you go somewhere it's also really interesting the first time you show that place to somebody else um and once you've got over the shock uh, of, a, of a place that you've never been to before and the, the kind of bombardment of, of visual uh, uh, ingredients then you can actually relax and start to find the stories uh, i remember the first time i ever went to india it was just it was amazing, but I, I don't think I really came back with much because I was just so excited about everything. I couldn't see through uh, uh, everything that was being thrown at me. And now I've been there, you know, many, many times, and I, I look uh, look forward to going to, to places again uh, that I had to once before, been to before. So uh, this does lead into um, the, my next question. You you have clearly been to a lot of countries and, you know, if you're anything like me, you regularly will be asked, where's your favourite place to go? Uh, and it's an impossible question to answer. So I'm going to turn it about and say, is there somewhere you've not been that you would love to go? Where Where is like number one on your hit list? It's funny, I don't really have a number one and you're you're right, like, like you, I get asked my favourite place. One of the problems with that idea is that I remember a place by the quality of the work I produced. So I actually kid myself. So I've been to some pretty awful places that have won me lots of awards. And, and I look back and think, wow, what an amazing place. But at the time, I don't think I particularly enjoyed it. Uh, but the pictures sold it really well and, and to, to me as well. Um, so I also tend to think sort of seasonally, where would I like to be as well? I mean, 
I'm very fortunate that, you say, I've been to lots of places. So I sometimes think I really would love to be back on safari right now, or I really fancy going somewhere really cold or really bleak. Um, and where would I love to go? There's a few places that spring to mind. Mozambique is on my list. I've, I've been trying to go there for a number of years, and it's just finding the right backing or the right story behind it. And the Philippines as well is somewhere which uh, you know I think is a fascinating place, which uh, I've seen a lot of photography done there, but something in the back of my mind feels like that there's a lot more to be seen there that hasn't been shown. You've talked about your work, Philip. Um, do you do personal projects? And, and if you do, what sort of photography do you do when you're doing it just for you? I do do personal projects, and I always have. Um, when I first started, certainly for the first 10 years or so, every year I would go away for three or four weeks uh, to places I really wanted to go to or places that I never, I thought I'd never get commissioned to go to. Um, I remember the, you know, I wanted to go to Siberia in the winter and I couldn't see who was going to commission me. So I went and did it on my own. Um, most of the time though, I, I, when I do do personal work, I treat it as if it's a job, as in I'll do the same amount of research. I take an assistant where possible. I use local guides when possible. Uh, because I, I don't want a personal trips to have a, a lesser kind of impact on, on the way that I do it. Uh, so, yes, I, I, I do them. I think they're very important. I probably don't do as many in the in recent years. And that's because I'm very fortunate that I get asked to go to lots of those places that I wanted to go to. Um, a year or so ago, I went to China uh, uh, to... To see, I'm very, very interested in Chinese uh, painting, and I wanted to see whether those locations still existed uh, or, or ever existed, or, or were they just uh, an artist's imagination. So I went there, I did have a guide, I did it on my own. Um, and what was nice about that as, as a personal work is I didn't have to come back with anything, although I'm the sort of personality that would hate myself if I didn't, um, there, there, it wasn't the same pressure uh, as shooting for clients. And so that's really good because you can decide, okay, I'm not going to waste any more time here. I'm just going to move on. Um, and, and as I've kind of got older, I'm enjoying more uh, traveling um, on my own. Um, and I think when you've always got a, a team of people with you, then sometimes you, you spend your time with that team and not actually in that country. Um, so it's quite good to be on your own because it pushes you to talk to people and to find out more interesting uh, stories. And I guess, given when we're having this conversation, you mentioned last year and you mentioned China, um, how's, how did COVID affect you? Did you still manage to travel or have you spent the last however long sitting at home sorting through more competition entries? <laughs> no, I mean, COVID has been a massive impact on everyone, um, in, in a, not in just photography, but you know, certainly in the travel sector too. So the last job that I did before COVID started, I was actually on a cruise ship in Arctic Norway. Um, probably not the best place to be, but it, 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 that was a, the last job that I did then. And then this has been windows when I have been allowed to travel and I have been to places. Um, and just recently, things are coming back. Um, I just come back from Greece uh, where I was there for two weeks um, shooting a, a, a resort which was great to get back to it. And in the interim period, I've still been shooting. I'm still working in the UK uh, whenever I can um, and still trying to get the archive sorted and still trying to redesign new websites, edit films, uh, learn new things. It, it doesn't end. No, it's a, it's an, it is a never-ending treadmill. It's just a, a different treadmill to your standard nine-to-five. Exactly, yeah. Perfect. Well, I think that's... Uh, 
that's pretty much everything. It's been very, very interesting talking to you. And certainly, uh, you know, despite having known you for a little while, I feel like I've learned quite a bit about you. And actually, equally, despite being a fellow travel photographer, I feel like I've picked up some very useful and very interesting information that hopefully uh, some of the listeners will enjoy as well. I definitely echo that. It's been fascinating to get an insight into the way you work, Philip. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, David, for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you for you. joining us.